So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do. Wait, 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 wait. There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky-loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing, usually it's pretty nerdy. Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy? Yes. There are drop-ins. And we love having guests on the show. It's the shared desk after all. And if it's Katie or Lauren, you get some lovely singing as well. So find The Shared Desk on iTunes, Stitcher, or at thesharedesk.com. The Shared Desk. Two writers. One podcast. Different different points points of view. Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where... Ben. And Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on tggeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 107 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by David Sarton from the Peacekeepers podcast. How you doing, David? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we've been talking on uh, Twitter for quite a while, but it's nice to finally be able to talk uh, voice to voice. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. We've, we've had a long uh, wait to record this episode. Yes. Um, you, you have a, a internet story that, that would send most geeks into, <laughs> into heart palpitations. Oh yeah. I was, I was near close to heart attack a couple times. A lot uh, of, a lot of anger involved. Just for anybody who who doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, David lost his internet access in November first and got it back like a week ago. Uh, yeah, it was last Friday. Yeah, and it was just nobody. No, none of the companies were getting their people up to set it up. Wasn't was that basically it? Oh, there were a number of different things, but uh, yeah, the, this last time I had a tough time getting them to come out even to the apartment to set it up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we've been talking about this quite a bit. It's just not a pleasant thing. But you're here now, and so we want to learn all about you. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, so I'm David Sarton, Titerian, if you're looking for me online. Uh, I work in IT uh, as a systems administrator. I'm also the host for a podcast called The Peacekeepers Podcast, which talks about 
uh, Peacekeeper, Community News, and World of Warcraft Classic. Yes, and that's how that's how we kind of started talking to each other because as soon as they announced uh, World of Warcraft Classic, the two of us were like, "Yes, we would like to do podcasts about that." Um, and as far as I know, we're still the only two that are classic podcast. As far hosts. as I know, I've I've been looking around and I haven't found anybody else, which is kind of disheartening, actually. Well, I I think I think it's it's probably just a sign that it's not revving up quite where people want it to be yet i think the closer we get it to actually launching the more we'll we'll sneak out there but but we we threw our hats in the ring real early oh yeah yeah i'm hoping for more news soon yes definitely um so uh what kind of geek are you what what areas of geekitude do you enjoy oh man i'm i'm a huge video game guy um particularly mmos um i i like games that involve a lot of groups, uh, uh, you know, people in groups trying to accomplish uh, content. Um, I do do the movie thing uh, a little bit, mostly with the uh, Marvel movies, um, Lord of the Rings, just because there's a story arc to them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also why I, I watch uh, uh, some TV series as well. Arrow, Flash, Vikings, Game of Thrones. Uh, love the storyline. And, of course, with the Flash, I, I just love the comedic uh, um, action of it. It's just, mm-hmm. it's outlandish. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good show. I'm not caught up, but it's a good show. Um, are there areas where you feel like you aren't as, as true of a geek as some may want you to be? Well, there are, there are actually two of them. Um, I, I pay attention, but I, I just, I have a hard time getting into them. Um, comics. I know mm-hmm. everybody loves comics, um, and I'll reference them. Like if I'm watching uh, Flash, Arrow, um, you know, anything like that, even uh, like Gotham. Gotham's a good show too. Um, I'll reference the comics. They'll introduce a character. I'll go back to the comics and I'll I'll try and figure out who it is and what their story arc is, mm-hmm. and then see how close they are to um, to mimicking that on the show. Um, the second uh, is is cosplay. Um, I've been to BlizzCon. Uh, and GamesCon, and I've also watched Adam Savage build his costumes on the YouTube channel Tested. Um, I've even got a friend in Oklahoma that makes uh, costumes for for her friends in the community. Um, I admire what they do. I love their dedication, but I can't bring myself to get into it. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's just it seems like you know it's so detailed. Um, I was watching Adam Savage the other day talk about his. Chewbacca outfit and um, he was talking about that like the beard like Chewbacca's beard how it doesn't just flow straight down it actually like curves under his chin and uh, he was talking about how some cosplayers they don't do that and so he was getting real nitpicky about how Chewbacca looked and I thought that was that I thought it was hilarious um, but I, I did listen to the interview last week with Amanda um, Finneran uh-huh. Um and that's kind of what brought this up to me because I, I was like, for what she's doing uh, for customers um, for a cause, it, it's such a great, it's such a great uh, uh, use of their time and uh, um, and be, being able to use their craft to do their craft to bring happiness to people. It's that that's awesome. Yeah, I was I was very impressed by her. She was a great interview and just an awesome person. Um, and. Uh, 
Rob on on our network. He does the comic box. He is uh, friends with her, and I know he does a lot of that costume stuff as well. He'll he'll send us little uh, messages in our um, Slack channel about you know what he's he's doing. He's procuring a bunch of uh, uh, lightsabers right now, so I know he's going into to Jedi mode. <laughs> um, so is he like in the five o first or? Uh... I don't know that he's in any of those yet, but he might be gearing up for the the rebel version of that. Um, okay. But I, I know he's got an amazing uh, Mad Eye Moody from from uh, Harry Potter. That okay. is just it's just a phenomenal costume. <laughs> so he's <laughs> he's great at that kind of stuff. And I, I I really respect people who have that kind of creativity because I have I have other types of creativity, but <laughs> costuming is not one of them. Yeah, to me it's you know it's funny because because we can dump all sorts of time into the the things that we really we really love you know, me being video games. But then I look at somebody that does cosplay and I'm like, man, I just don't have the time for it. When right. in reality, I spend it all, all playing video games. <laughs> well, so. I think that's what makes, makes being a geek fun is that, you know, we all kind of just throw ourselves in whole hog into whatever we love. And, uh, um, but, but we can admire when people throw their, their selves whole hog into something that we wouldn't necessarily do, but we, we get that, that dedication. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, um, out of everything, you know, I know you're a big, uh, Warcraft fan, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that is your favorite fandom, is it? Or do you have something else that's, um, kind of your, the thing you geek out about the most? It, it is so hard. Um, cause I was reading the question and I was trying to come up with, with something. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I could go with Warcraft, but in reality, everybody's going to say, oh, well, you know, he's the, the wild classic guy. You know, that's what's going to be his his greatest. But in reality, um, if, if I were to base a video game off of one of my my favorites, it would be Warhammer uh, Age of Sigmar. OK, um, which, which is very similar in a lot of aspects. In fact, um, World of Warcraft, the MMO was actually supposed to be a, a Warhammer game. Um, from what I understand, uh, the license was too much and they, they went with their own, own thing, which then became larger than Warhammer could have ever been. But, right. um, yeah, it's just the, the whole story of, of, of the, the whole universe that is Warhammer, um, I think just brings so many more aspects than, than, uh, than Warcraft could ever do, um. But, you know, I, I, I say that and that's from like a video game aspect. But in reality, you know, if, if you, we're talking Lord of the Rings, um, we're talking Marvel, like my fandom, it can't be contained with just one title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Warhammer would be probably what I would like to see more of. That makes sense. That makes sense. And and that's one actually that I don't know very much about and one that I probably should look into because it's not something I have too much experience with. Uh, so many people uh, watch uh, the Warhammer 40K stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I don't know. Uh, I, I can never get into the sci-fi stuff, but that one seems to have really taken off. So a lot of people go, go that route and Age of Sigmar kind of just exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, did you play the miniature stuff or 
No, I never, I never got into that, um, that aspect of it. Um, I've, I've been to a couple of the, um, games workshop, uh, stores and I've watched them play. I've worked with people that have played and it, it, it's, again, it's another one of those things where you can spend an enormous amount of time and money on building up an, an army of these things, painting them, getting them all ready, and then taking them with you to your like a local games workshop short um, store and play all night. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just people get really into it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. That's awesome. Um, are there things out there that um, aren't very popular right now, but you're like, I don't know why this isn't more popular because it's amazing. Well, you know, it, it, as much as is. As much as I see and hear people talk about um, video games and talking about things that they want to see in their video games, the thing that I'm surprised nobody knows more about is actually the knowledge of how these games work. I mean, it's not necessarily a geek thing, I don't think, but um, to know about how uh, to me, th- to know about how the game actually works helps me understand um, the game a little bit better. You know, to know that um, you might be on a, a game server where there are, you know, 1,500 people playing and there's math going on all around you and you have a system in the background that's crunching all those numbers. And when somebody says, man, I wish my character just did more damage or that ca- that class is overpowered, like they don't know really what that means in the background because it it could throw everything off. So I just wish people kind of took the time to learn more about the computer systems themselves Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to, you know, just the game. Yeah, Um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Do you, do you think, people would be a little bit more uh, gentle with the devs if, uh, if they realized how, how much work goes into this stuff. I mean, I guess people are people and are going to do what they're going to do, but it just seems like if they put it in that perspective, it might change their minds a little bit. Well, and and that's what, after the announcement of wild classic and you've talked about this over on podcast of the whale, um, that community (laughs) after the announcement, like Reddit is just a vicious pool of just, just bad tempers right mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. you know, people, people wanting things out of, out of, you know, classic that other people are like, no, you can't do it. It's, it's like watching that community, watching it fight is akin to watching the Republicans and the Democrats discuss government funding. Cause yeah. I don't think it's, it's, it's never, it, nobody's going to ever be happy with it. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that if they knew how much work went into it, um, I think they'd appreciate it more. And I think they would understand when something takes longer than they think it should. Um, yeah, it's again, it's just an understanding of, of, you know, the, the back end of, of the, the game that you love, uh, trying to figure out what, what does, what happens in the back. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I've always said when, when people start ragging on blizzard is, 
is it's kind of like you do realize that these people love their job and they love what they do and they love the product that they put out and they're not trying to screw you over. And, and I think that's something that they don't get. Like, you know, there's ways to say, Hey, I didn't agree with this decision or I don't care for this aspect of the game that you added without being verbally violent. <laughs> yeah. so, well, I mean, you know, so I, I, I work in the back end of this, you know, to an extent, like mm-hmm. I can't say that I know what it's like to host a huge game like World of Warcraft. Um, but I know what it's like when you've got to implement something and someone says, no, we're not going to do it. We're going to go this route. And you you just have to do it, mm-hmm. um, even though I, I don't agree with it, because I know eventually in that project somewhere in there, I'm going to be in I'm going to be able to interject and put in the things that I want. And so, you know, there's this, there's this fight and there's this middle ground that you all have to come to and this understanding that you have to have. Um, and I, I think the gamers don't understand that middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. Too true. Um, is there anything else that you're, I know you're working on the, the peacekeepers podcast. You want to tell us a little bit about that? So the peacekeepers podcast, um, is, is, about the peacekeepers guild um, community and the world of Warcraft community as a whole. Although I focus more on the classic, mm-hmm. um, the peacekeepers. It, it, so I came into peacekeepers a little late. Um, there were three officers in charge of the guild when I came in. Um, and this all started on Nostalrius, which is a private server that's, been long gone for over a year now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that guild grew into this amazing group, this, this amazing community. We had people from all over the world, um, Germans, French, Russians, all in the mix with, with Americans and Canadians. And it, it was, it was something that I felt that I needed to put more time and energy in. And so with the announcement of classic, I said, okay, this is the time that I try to resurrect this, um, to try to bring everybody back. And so I started with the podcast. Um, I've stood up the website again. Um, and I, now, now that I have my internet access back, um, I'm looking at possibly streaming, um, my gameplay, of uh, the private server adventures that I have. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, actually tonight, about 30 minutes ago, I was talking to some of the guildies and we were talking about um, re-rolling characters, staying as a group, leveling up together and playing all the content as a group with these characters. And um, I'm hoping to stream most of that. And uh, hopefully that brings more people in to at least see the game or at least this community as it is right now. Cause I think it's, I think by jumping in now it's going to grow to something really big um, when wild classic launches. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a really good strategy because I, I know I've never had the, uh, the courage to venture into private servers and um and and I I'm fascinated by watching people who still can play in that, basically in that world because it is a completely different place than it is on live, 
And, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and so I think the that's why the announcement was so exciting for me. And so uh, I know as as somebody who who has not ventured into private server territory, watching people who do that is um, is just fun and fascinating, and all the nostalgia that you know makes us want to to talk about. World of Warcraft classic kind of comes back while you watch that. And, and, Oh, I remember that. Oh, look, I forgot that that happened. And it's, um, so yeah, I think you're, I think you're timing it just right because there's a lot of people who are very hungry for that, uh, that experience, but we're not getting it for quite a while. No. And, and there's a couple people on Twitch that stream it, um, on occasion. Um, there's one or two people on mixer that stream it. Um, but I'm, but they're all on, uh, the PVP server and there's no, the PVE server isn't getting repped. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, bring that, that PVE server back to, to people's interest. But, uh, I think people are, uh, they do a disservice to themselves by not joining, um, a private server, even if they don't play to level 60 and raid mm-hmm. to go there and experience that part because it's not accurate you know it's it's not going to be a hundred percent accurate and nothing will ever be a hundred percent accurate but that's really close mm-hmm. and so you know if if you play this till level 20 level 30 and then while classic comes out you will appreciate what's here now because these private servers the people play them uh because they don't have anywhere else to go. And the people that play on them are dedicated. They love it. They're there. They don't care the, the, the whole argument that, well, that content's going to get stale. You're not going to want to do that anymore. That's, that's bunk. That that's not true. Cause we've had people that have been raiding these same dungeons for two, three years. They just roll another character. They level it up and they get new gear. The, the content doesn't matter to them. It's, the people that they've met and they play with. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. Yeah. That's, that's the experience. Yep. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, thank you for sharing all that info information with us. Um, we're going to move on to our weekly geekery where we talk about the stuff that we have been doing this week. Um, I have been on my drives back and forth to work, listening to the audiobook of the stand which is like a 47 hour long book. Um, <laughs> and you know, my only experience with the stand up until now has been the miniseries from the nineties. And I'm, I'm listening to this thing. And first of all, it's, I've never been a big Stephen King person and mm-hmm. I'm, I, it takes a little while for me to adjust to his writing style. Uh, it's very, there's a lot of extra words. <laughs> I know a yes. lot of people have said he's very verbose. There are a lot of words and, and, and descriptions that kind of make you wonder how his mind goes in the directions that they go. But um, it's, it's very fascinating to, to listen to this story that I kind of know the basics of, but, but hear it unfold like in its entirety, because this isn't like the original version of the stand that was released. This is like the extended version of the stand. So, um, so I finally just got to the part where uh, Nick meet, I don't know. Do you know the stand at all? 
I have, I know of it. I have not watched the the miniseries. I do know that there's supposed to be another adaptation of it coming out soon. Oh, cool. Um, I haven't heard much about that. I just heard it in passing. So I'm eager to to see that when it when it comes out. Yeah, I just for anybody who's who's listened or, or read the stand, um, I got to the part where Nick, who's the the guy who is uh, deaf mute, uh, meets the um, the older gentleman who's uh, mentally disabled, and they're kind of trying to make their way to to Nebraska where they think there might be people, and it's just kind of fun to hear their interactions. So it's like it's this dark horrible everybody's died in this world uh story and you've got this kind of buddy movie going on in various chapters where they're just kind of bumbling their way through and it's just like i smile every time i listen to it it's just been a a fun thing i'm bummed though because i get all my my audiobooks off of a a library app and i only get them for 14 days (laughs) there's no (laughs) way i'm getting through 47 hours in 14 days and there's a, a long waiting list for the for the stand. So after, uh, I think Wednesday of this coming week, uh, I'm going to lose the the book for probably another month or two until I can get it back. So I'm hoping I can at least get halfway through. So by the time it comes back, I'll be able to finish it. So, so get me, am, am I wrong in saying don't all of Stephen King's books like kind of wrap into each other? Um, theoretically, I mean, I don't think this one, does in exactly the same way as some of the others because there's nobody left in the world <laughs> towards the end. Okay. But um, but there's different characters that kind of get pulled together in the Dark Tower series, and that's kind of why I started with the Stand is because I w- I read a list somewhere that was like books you should read in order to in what order to really appreciate the the Dark Tower series. And so I'm kind of going to try and slowly move my way through. It's going to take years, but I'll slowly make my way through the the books, the Stephen King books, and then I'll feel comfortable diving into the Dark Tower series. <laughs> well, I think the Dark Tower, I think he just finished up the Dark Tower series. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the first movie, I think, already come and gone. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but I, I haven't, I haven't jumped into that at all because I've heard you can watch them independently, but you get a lot more, um, a lot more enjoyment out of reading the books. If you, if you know some things about the other stories. So, right. Yeah. And then it's not really classically geeky, but because, uh, we're always looking for good television and I try and let people know what I'm watching. If I really, really like it, I am watching a Netflix series called the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And it takes place in, I want to say, the early 60s. And it's this woman on the road to being uh, a female comedian. And it's just hilarious. Like, very few times will I laugh out loud while watching TV. And and there's been times where I, I'm, I'm watching it with my in-laws and my husband. And he... Uh, We'll, he'll have to go back because all four of us are like, wait, show that again. That was too hilarious. Show that again. <laughs> it's just, it's punny. It's quick witted. It's touching. It's such a good show. It's got anybody who liked mad men. It's kind of got that feel of, you know, the period and they do a very good job of, of the social commentary of the time. And 
just just an amazing TV show that I highly recommend anybody who's looking for something to to jump onto. It's got one season, eight episodes. It's an easy watch. Highly oh, recommend. do that. Do that in the weekend. Yeah, yeah, easy, very easy to marathon. Awesome. I was, I was wondering because when you said the '60s, that I mean, especially with with a woman trying to be a comedian, that that would be a really good story to kind of see how that that plays out, since uh, it wasn't necessarily a a big thing back then. Yeah, she's having a lot of trouble, at least where where we are um, in the story, having trouble with people taking her seriously, and she doesn't even quite know what she wants to do with being uh, a, a comedian. So. You know, and her her parents don't don't quite know what's going on with her because she's kind of doing it on the down low, and they're uh, kind of side eyeing her and trying to figure out what what's the story with her. And she's got a lot of family problems going on, and it's a, it's a very very good show. Gotcha. How about you? What have you been up to this week? Now that you have oh, flat man. internet access. Oh man, it's been a flood of uh, basically basically three shows: uh, Arrow, The Flash and Vikings. Um, I'm caught up on all of them as of right now. Um, Arrow, you know, I've watched, well, all of these I've watched since episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, I love all of them. Uh, Arrow is starting to get a little bit long in the tooth for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm, I'm loyal. I'll watch it till the end. Um, but again, so, you know, I referenced the character, you know, I went back to try and read more about him, um, and through, through the comics and, uh, in arrow, he's getting ready to go to trial and it's quite possible that he's finally outed like for realsies outed as the green arrow, mm-hmm. um, which is something that they hint to in the, the comics, like they, they know that, that he's the arrow, but to, to, to know it's coming and have them tease this so many times that that's what gets me watching. It's like, Oh, is this the time? Is this now? Mm-hmm. Um, and the same with the flash. He just, he just got put in, put in prison, ironically in the same prison cell as his father was put in. Um, but they still don't know that that Barry Allen is the Flash, and uh, I'm waiting for that one to to come out. Um, and then of course the Vikings. Um, that's just that's just chaotic. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just chaotic. There's so many. Um, they're starting to calm down on all the storylines because um, there there was multiple going on. And now you basically have a war against the brothers um, for the the kingdom of Kattegat. Um, you have a king, uh, the the English king. He just died, and in his son, not son, uh, is now king. Um, I don't know. Do you watch Vikings at all? We have watched maybe two thirds of the first season. Um, I, I've mentioned on previous shows that, that my, my in-laws are currently living with us while their house is being renovated and right. it's on the, the violent side for them. So we've okay. kind of put it on, we were enjoying it, but we kind of put it on the back burner cause we're like, I don't think 
everybody in this room is enjoying this on equal levels. So, you know, in right. a couple months when they're back in their home, um, we'll probably pull out that and a couple of other ones that are a little bit more um, violent or racy and, uh, and, and get back into them. But right now we're happy with the marvelous Mrs. Mabel. Did, did, did you, it, okay. So maybe I'm, I'm the only one on this, but did the, the, uh, the gentleman that plays uh, Ragnar um, can't think of his name off the top of my head. He was in the Warcraft movie as well. I Is think it so. just me. Is it just me or does he play the same character in both? I think yes. No, he absolutely does because <laughs> I think I think that's why he got hired. <laughs> it's like we just kind of want that character. Can you just bring him over here, please? Yeah, I, I'm. I, I I was just like you know he's not really taking a leap. <laughs> by by any by any means but uh um i love him i actually look forward to when and if they ever decide to make another uh warcraft movie i'll be definitely waiting for that one yeah yeah no i i, I always question where they started in the story i i think that you know if they started a little bit more world of um Warcraft. If, if they started a little bit more Warcraft three, I think they may have pulled in more people. I think people would have been a little bit more uh, familiar with the story and so been more excited to jump in. And they could always yeah. go back and tell the story, you know, later in a prequel. But I, I think that was was kind of their biggest mistake is they kind of jumped into the story in a place that was uh, gave them fewer options. Right. Yeah. And of course now they've got a, I mean, where you go from here is, I mean, you really jump into world of Warcraft because everything that happened, I mean, I guess you could tell the story of Arthas again. Mm -hmm. You know, I I guess you could start, you know, Warcraft three and, you know, have Arthas come back, overthrow his dad, take on the mantle of the Lich King. I, I think that scene like I'm picturing it right now in my head. That scene would be amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, to watch that happen on the big screen. Yeah. They, they, they don't even have to like, they just have to shoot it with real people. Like that's all yep. they, they don't change it at all. I think most people would, um, would appreciate most fans would appreciate that, you know, just recreate that one moment. And, and you know, I would be happy if they just did um, animated. I, I would be fine with animated Warcraft mm-hmm. stories, movies to tell tell the story. Yeah. Because um, I'm one of those when I play the game, it's all over the place. There's all the quests. Just give me just give me the cliff notes. Yeah. Throw it all together <laughs> in one cohesive storyline. That's what I want. At one point when I was running uh, Lore Master before it was during it was during Wrath of the Lich King, um, I was trying to read everything. And after a while, you're just like, I, I don't want to read about why you want me to pick up pig's feet for you. I, I just I yep. just want to get through this quest. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm so tired of, hey, go, go, go get me 10 of these. Go get me, you know, 50 of those. I, this last character that I started um, – because also this week in, in Geekery, I've been playing way, way too much on this private server. Um, I actually started a character that I avoided questing for the first 22 le- um, 
for the first 22 levels of the character. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I hated myself at about level 20 um, because all I was doing was going around killing stuff, gathering, all that kind of stuff. But it was fun to do something different than kill 10 rats for somebody. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we had quite the the geeky week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we, we come back. Um, we're going to continue to geek out about World of Warcraft because that's what we do. <laughs> we'll, be, <laughs> we'll be right back. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Comics. Hey everyone, Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, inviting you to join me and my rotating cast of co-hosts each week on the Comic Box, where we tell you everything you need to know to become a world-class comic book geek. So join us for the Comic Box each week right here on the geek to geek Podcast Network. Hey everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we're the hosts of the podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture. We try to have a female perspective on things, but we really just talk about anything we like. What are some recent topics we've done, Katie? Uh, well, we've talked about girl power songs, Wonder Woman, Veronica Mars, young adult fiction novels, San Diego Comic Con, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and start listening today. And we're back. And as we just discovered, going on to commercial breaks can be a little dangerous because you start talking about the yep. topic before yep. you're <laughs> recording. Yeah. Um, a lot of my listeners know that I'm a huge World of Warcraft fan and that I talk way too much about World of Warcraft, and so I've kind of promised them that after this interview, I will I will back off on the how excited I am about World of Warcraft <laughs> Classic. But I have I have another uh, classic WoW enthusiast on, so we are going to go full geek on on World of Warcraft Classic. Um, so we had we had talked earlier about the reaction that people have had to this, and I. I'd like to say I haven't seen anything um, divide the WoW community more than World of Warcraft Classic, but I think you can go all the way back to the Sparkle <laughs> Pony, and it's it's just kind of what Warcraft fans do is get upset it, about changes. It, it has been so. chaos, absolute chaos. And at first, uh, you know, when they announced it. I was sitting in, I had just moved here and I was sitting in the hotel room and watching BlizzCon and this trailer comes on and I'm like, you know, what kind of ice cream do you like? I'm like, all right, all right, whatever, whatever, uh, Jay Allen Brack, just, just get to the news. Just tell me about all the things I'm not going to love about what you're doing at Blizzard. And then this trailer comes on and there's Chromie and she's telling me that people have lost this. Uh, uh, they have no imagination and then all the trailers come up, everything goes into rewind and I'm sitting there 
chills all over. And then all of a sudden it ends with the original trailer. You've got this dwarf hunter. He brings his gun up and he sets it down in the snow. He nods over to his bear and the bear comes out. And right then I, I screamed like a little girl. I was like, yes, you got, you got me. I'm coming back. I will, I will be back for this. And then I immediately started messaging my buddies, my friends back in the States. And I said, check this out. Look at this. Did you see this trailer? And since then, I hear a lot of people like, I want to play this. But then anytime I go to Reddit, which warning, it's a bad idea to go to Reddit and read about this. <laughs> it is horrible. horrible. Like if it wasn't bad before, it is now. And they're just vicious. They're so vicious because you have those two groups of people, one that wants it as is, don't make any di- don't make any changes. And then you have the other group that's like, well, we're going to have to make some changes to this game because it was bad then. As a guy that plays on the private servers, it might be bad and it might have been bad, but damn if it's not fun. It's just fun. Yeah. Well, and I think both of us have talked on our shows about how this is really to solve the private server issue that that uh, Blizzard has. And and my, my understanding, and, and you have more more experience with private servers than I do, so correct correct me if I'm wrong, but they really they they kind of have to shut down down the private servers because of um, IP control and copyright, and you know if you don't control it you lose it type of thing that's my understanding and so this has been kind of their way of saying we understand there are people out there who want this and we want to bring them back into the fold and we now have a way that we think we can actually pull that off so we're going to make this happen yeah so so i started i started actually late to the game i started on nostalrius and um mm-hmm. it, and so you have to realize that these private servers in one way or another have been around since burning crusade. You know, people yeah. did not like burning crusade. So these servers have been around for years and Nostarius finally hit that sweet spot with that community. And when I joined I, I was sitting at home one day and I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to try one of these private servers out. I want to see what it's all about. I, I kind of miss it. And maybe it's going to be something really cool. And so the Solarius was the first thing that popped up. And I go to their website and they've got uh, server populations. And the PVP server had over 15,000 people concurrent on it playing right then and there. The PVE server had over 12,000. And then they had a second PVP server that was hovering around eight to 10,000 people. And I'm just like, this is, this is crazy. This is nuts. There's, there's that yeah. many people that want to play this game. Um, and so I, I didn't hesitate. I jumped right in and here I am today, a huge advocate for wow classic and a huge advocate for the private servers that are still out there. Um, I still think there's a place for them. I think I think the vanilla servers. If Blizzard does this right, I don't think there'll be any point to having the the private servers anymore. Um, but as soon as Blizzard starts changing little things, 
people will start to get upset and then you'll have that group go back to the private servers. But um, I, I want to try and be as legal as possible. And, and if I can go and play on a, on a blizzard hosted um, classic server, I'll do it. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's lots of different reasons why people would come back. One is that you're, you know, you are breaking copyright and, and um, user agreements and it's, it's not, legal but um but the other thing is is it's also not stable like the you know the nostalgias had this huge following and for we're we're jumping ahead i think because people don't necessarily know what we're talking about the uh, private server is basically people will set up their own version of world of warcraft and you can have everything from private servers where you start off at max level or, you know, they've changed the code so that way you're super strong. Um, it, it's basically an illegal version of the game that's out there in the, in, in the internet. And, um, several servers, Nostalgus being the biggest one for a while, uh, would build up these communities of people who would want to play World of Warcraft. And when we refer to vanilla World of Warcraft, we're talking about the very first version of the game without any Correct. expansions. Yep. So, so yeah, so they, the, the, the second part of this is they, they do shut these down when they get big enough to be, um, high profile enough. And so if you're playing on Nostalgious like you were and you've built this community and then Blizzard comes in and shuts it down, well then, you, your community gets scattered. It's not always easy to get everybody back onto the same server when you figure out where you're going to move to. And so just the stability of a vanilla server that has, you know, yeah, Blizzard's blessing, it, it, it makes a huge impact oh, on the definitely, community. Definitely. You know, we, we, uh, you know, I, I've lost contact with a lot of amazing people. Um, and, and that's kind of part of why I've tried to throw peacekeepers back out there and start the rebuilding process is because I would love for, for, you know, this podcast to get out or, or somebody to see the website or somebody to see, um, uh, see me when I stream and say, Hey, I remember that guy. Let me join that server. Let me start playing with him. Let me join his discord. That way when classic comes out, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I know the group of people that I'm playing with. Um, but, you know, even throughout having that amazing community, you still have those problems with the private servers. And recently, um, so when the Stellar Race went down, they moved to something, uh, another ser uh, server called Elysium, um, where they basically mm -hmm. took the Nostalgia servers, brought them up. We were able to transfer characters, all that good stuff. Um, but then after about six, seven months, um, the it, it, people started notice, noticing some weird things. And there were some people on the staff that had been taking money to dupe characters, items, gold. You know, they, they were doing all the shady stuff. And then Elysium went down. And now Light's Hope is up. That's where I'm playing right now on the Darrow Shire. Darrow shire server and you know they've they've had their own stuff that they've taken care of they rectified they just had this huge uh um they just had this huge um 
search. They looked through all their, their logs and started to notice some funny things and they ended up getting rid of some of their devs. So, you know, that's the kind of aspect of these private servers that I can't wait to, to get away from as soon as classic launches. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, you know, people just want to play the game. They don't, they don't want to deal with all this extra stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason that both of us have talked about how when, you know, the, the big controversy and, and, we're, we're trying not to skip all the way around here, but it's, you know, we're, we're all pros at this point about talking about World of Warcraft classic. And, and we got to remember that our listeners are not necessarily all followers, but, um, uh, the big controversy is there are 12 patches to World of Warcraft in its first incarnation. And a lot of people are like, where, where do they start? What does it look like? Do we make changes? Do we incorporate quality of life conveniences that we all have come to get used to on live servers? Um, or, or do we leave it as it was? And so this has caused a lot of controversy and people are screaming at each other on the interwebs about everything from, uh, class balance to, character graphics and what version of what is going to be out there. And I think both of us have talked about how it's going to be as close to what the private servers do, because that's the community that they're trying to entice over. Yeah. I I think that if they don't try to at least, and and we're going to get really meta here. If Blizzard doesn't emulate what the emulators are doing, I think that there's going to be even more, more problems, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, e- even if it gets close, then I'm fine with it. I just don't, I just don't want these private servers to become, um, I, I would love for them to become wow two, where they have a whole new storyline and maybe they don't take the path that the current retail takes, but Right at launch, yeah, they need to be as close to to Nostalrius, Lights Hope, Elysium. They need to be as close to that as possible, because um, that's what people want. That's that's what we're craving. Now, have most of these private servers launched at one point twelve, which is what the last bef- the last patches before um, Burning Crusade, or have they built through? Um, from what I've from what I've noticed, most of them start at uh, 1.12.1, which is that last patch, as you said. Um, and and they've tried to. I see a lot of servers that that tout Blizz like, but then they'll throw in like you know two times experience, ten times experience, and, and they kind of take away from that whole thing. But yeah, most of them do that last patch because. Um, that was kind of the sweet spot for vanilla. They had fixed um, quite a few of the bugs. They had refined the classes. Um, they had changed some of the um, spe- uh, spec trees for the classes. Um, so it was kind of the sweet spot. So a lot of classics, uh, a lot of um, the vanilla servers will do that. Um, but they're they're kind of based off of. There's a couple forks. Um, as you're looking at like the code of them again, talking, you know, the back background and that code is, is kind of based on that 1.12.1 client. So it's just easier for them to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, now I, now it's something very interesting. Um, they have, I have seen a couple servers take the, 
um, 3.35a client, which is Wrath of Lich King, which is you know mm-hmm. two expansions in, and they've basically done vanilla in that client, and then they've opened up all that expansion stuff going up to Wrath of Lich King. So I thought that was kind of interesting as well, but you get new graphics, you get some new stuff in that, but uh, but most mm-hmm. are 1.12. Well, and then another problem, and, and the reason why Blizzard had been so hesitant to to start up um, the the vanilla servers again is because the 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 client doesn't work that way anymore. At least that's my understanding is that they've made so many improvements and changes to how WoW runs that you can't just copy over and open up the, the, you know, some people are talking about how they have to basically rebuild the vanilla game right. on the current system. Well, so, you know, we're, we're talking about a client server architecture that they built, you know, in, you know, starting from, I'm assuming probably 2002, and released in 2004. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a lot of stuff has been updated. You know, the internet is a different place than it was um, 15, 16 years ago. So we're talking, they implemented things to deal with the latency that they would get because the internet connections weren't as fast. Well, now you don't have that problem. So they need to change the code for that. Um, they need to uh, modify the code to run on a current server infrastructure. So there's all that. And so there's all these things in the background that everybody that's asking for things, they don't understand that there's already a bunch of stuff that they have to do just to get a workable version. Um, Because what they have and what an emulator has are two different things. An emulator basically takes all the information from the client and brings it into the server. And all that they can do, the, the devs can do, is modify that server part, but they can't do anything with the client. Whereas Blizzard makes a client-server configuration where if they make a change to the server, they can also make a change to the client. So if they want to change graphics, mm-hmm. if they want to change how something works um, on the client side, they can do that really easily. So there's a lot more coding that, that, that Blizzard's going to be doing that the devs on the private servers don't don't even touch. They don't even they don't even look at it. Right, and they have to because they're. I I think the general thought. I don't know if we're right or not, but I think most people are are assuming that this is going to be because they talked about classic servers. Mm-hmm. So it feels like they're going to add servers to the existing um, game that are just vanilla servers. They're not going to create a new game. They're not going to create like it's, it, I even think the subscription system will probably be, you know, part of your subscription. Right. You come in and you pay for your regular wow subscription. If you want to go on one of these servers, you're there. Um, but I think uh, it, it's, it's one of those things where they've, they've got to change so much. It's going to take a lot longer than people yeah. think. Yeah. 
And, and so again, the two of us going and jumping in like two weeks after BlizzCon and saying, we're going to do podcasts. Uh, <laughs> I've had people go, how are you going to keep that much information going for the two years it's going to take for them to and, do? And, and you know, I, I got thinking about this after my last podcast. I'm like, you know, everything that I talk about is conjecture. Like, I, I, that's not what I want the podcast to be about. You know, I don't want to come up and I don't want to say, well, this is what I think. That's, you know, cause everybody can do that. Anybody can start a podcast and tell you what they think should happen. Um, I can go to Reddit. I don't even have to have a podcast. I can go to Reddit and tell people what I think should happen. You know, if I want mm-hmm. a bunch of down votes and, you know, then that's where I can go. Um, but so, so at this point, there's so little news about, wow classic that there's there is all that conjecture and there is all that that theorizing what blizzard may or may not do um you know i have my own ideas of how i i would like it to go and you know if we want to get into opinions then i mean i'm more than happy to share that but um you know the 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 fact is is right now i just want to see the the same experience that i'm seeing on lights hope as I do on a Blizzard ho- uh, Blizzard hosted vanilla server. That that's that's the only thing that I'm really looking for. I'm I don't have high expectations. I just that's what I want. And mm. you know, if it's buggy, if it's laggy at launch, so be it. It's I mean, then you're really just replicating the launch of the original game. That's you know, because it was buggy and and down a lot as well in those first couple months. Right. Well, and, and I mean, I think especially based on what you've been saying about the the private server community, um, I'm looking forward to them coming back to the fold because obviously these are people who love what Worldcraft, what Warcraft was at its base, and they do love it for all its pockmarks and tears and and issues otherwise they wouldn't be playing it for years and years and years exactly and so i feel like i feel like we need a little bit of that the wow community now has become well what's next well what's next well what's Mm -hmm. next and it's like just you know enjoy what you're doing now because it's it's good content right yeah there's there is absolutely positively nothing wrong with that version of vanilla you just have a group of people now that um and and I don't necessarily like the term, but I'm going to use it anyways, is the elitists that, mm-hmm. that seem to think, oh, well, you know, I don't know why you guys want that content in, in vanilla. That wasn't nearly as difficult as it is now. Um, and I think they forget that some of us don't play it because it's hard. Some of us play it because we like who we play with. We, we like the community. Mm-hmm. We, we like being part of a um, group of people that just like to play a game. Um, you know, you, you have retail, those people have retail and that's getting new dungeons and more difficult dungeons. And you, you guys have that, you get what you want. Now let us, uh, let us uh, old folks uh, go back to, to our, our safe area um, and play our play our vanilla. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I know after this, one of the things I will be doing this afternoon is playing, uh, playing on live. And I've, I've built up a bunch of dungeon quests that I have to go knock out that I'm just dreading because the way you do it is you get into the, um, 
the dungeon finder and you get thrown in together with four other random people and it could be a wonderful experience or you can get screamed at for the entire 20 minutes that you're playing that dungeon. And, um, and so it's kind of like, uh, well, this is something I have to do. And I, and I think that's one of the big things that a lot of people are looking forward to is, is when we got that convenience, we lost server identity and we lost, um, the fact that you would know people on a server and you'd know who was cool to run with and who was a pain in the ass. Yep. And you, you ran with the, the guy who was cool if, if he, if he was available because everybody wanted to run with right. him and you avoided the pain in the ass and he didn't get good gear because nobody wanted to work with him. And I feel like that's probably a big part of what the people who didn't experience that don't understand yeah and and it's hard to it's hard to relay that that sense of community to them because um they've they've already like blocked it off they they've already thought Mm -hmm. well i've already spent so much time in retail that i can't be bothered to to play on a private server and their excuse was that they've already got too much time invested I, Mm -hmm. i mean you're playing a game like at what at what point are you playing World of Warcraft on retail and saying, you know, I don't really care to play, but I'm paying 15 bucks a month to play this. So I should, you know, when the, 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 the nicest people. And, and I say that knowing farewell that I'm talking about internet people, um, that the, the nicest people on the internet I have found to be on these servers. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's for the sheer fact that they want to be there and they just want to enjoy their time playing. They don't want to rush through stuff. They don't want all the new stuff. They don't want the looking for group, the looking for raid because it just throws them into a random group where everybody's a hero. And um, yeah, I just think that I think people do a disservice by at least not trying out the private server Um um, community. It's, it's, it's just a nice, it's, it's nice. It's nice. That's all I can really say about it. It's nice. It's I've, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it sounds like a lot of fun. And, and, um, I, then again, I'm, I'm glad that, that people will be coming back because I, I, that's the thing that I think kind of, I was surprised by, and I don't know why, but I always thought when they announced it, I'm like, Oh, are the private and, and some people on the private server servers did go, Oh, well, we don't want to be part of, the blizzard machine yeah. and yeah. we're going to stay independent and, and, and I get that, but there was, there was this kind of overwhelming sigh of relief from a lot of people. I think that they're like, okay, good. We can have this, but still be part of the bigger picture and, and know that our servers aren't going to be pulled down and, right. and that, that security of, okay, we can kind of come home now. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I'm looking forward to it. For, for, for better or for worse, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, and of course, like I said, I, I've got a list of the things that I would like to see them do and, and, and change as that game develops. Like I, I would hate to see, um, so I, I mentioned that, that video that, um, the one that announced WoW Classic. And mm-hmm. I would absolutely love, now this wasn't in vanilla, but I would absolutely love to see, Chromie on this server 
And, mm-hmm. and the reason for seeing Chromie on the server would be to explain, why are you here? Why did you do what you did? Um, I, I, I want to see a quest line based off of that. And, and quite possibly as you're going down the line, that might in, um, develop into new dungeons, new raids. Like you can do stuff in that original world and still add to it and still have that original content. Um, but I think they'd be doing themselves a disservice if they didn't explain why Chromie did what she did. Um, and, and so, you know, that that's one change that I would like to see. I would just like to see that quest yeah. line. Um, if it leads to dungeons, if it leads to raids, great. But I, that I, I want it answered. At the at the very at the very least, I, I as soon as I heard you say that on your last episode, I was like, you know what? That would be a great way to just kind of integrate the classic WoW content mm-hmm. into live servers. It's like you know, you, you can go to um, to Theramore right now mm-hmm. and and go back to the way it was before it was bombed, right? And and do those quests because you have to do those as a low level character. And, and, and kind of flip back and forth. And it's kind of like, it would be really neat to say, okay, I'm going to do this Chromie quest. And then at the end of it, I can kind of flip back and forth between, you know, classic content and, and live content. And then there, there is no, um, separation of the two. It's all kind of part of the same world. I'm like, I don't think that's what they'll do, but it's kind of a cool idea. Yeah. I kind of feel that they're going to do like the whole, um, they're gonna hold, they're gonna create that whole um, time travel conundrum where now you've got two forks of the same universe. Mm-hmm. But I think Chromie is gonna create that change. Like, like what would it be like if Burning Crusade never happened? What if we never right. opened the portal? Like maybe that's why she did it and said, "Wait a minute." And, and it kind of says something, you know. It kind of says something about Blizzard as a whole. If, if they come out and they do that and they were like, well, she's going to want us to um, uh, destroy the portal so it can't be reopened. Is that Blizzard's way of saying, okay, yeah, we, we knew we know you didn't like Burning Crusade and we know you didn't necessarily care for what happened as it went on. So this will be our way of removing Burning Crusade. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that could open up uh, Karazhan as a raid still like, like, you know, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of taking bits and pieces of what, you know, the people really enjoyed. And now you've created a raid content for, for vanilla that wasn't there before. Um, all without having to raise the cap to, well, beyond 60. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much you, do you, do you follow live at all? Um, I, I, I catch bits and pieces of it. Um, I've really been fascinated with the 735 patch that mm-hmm. just went live Tuesday. Um, and, and I, I will admit something here first. Um, you have an exclusive. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would actually like to try this new leveling um, that they put into the world where, you know, all the expansions, any zone is that expansions level yeah you know but but again i would like to do that 
only if I have other people to play with. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm not even going to do that. I'm just going to be joining the looking for dungeon, and that defeats the whole the whole purpose of me even playing. <laughs> right, but, exactly. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that that whole standardization of leveling was very intriguing to me, and I heard a story um, about a dungeon group that went into uh, RFC, Rage Fire Chasm, and there was a level 38 tank, a level 15 uh, priest healer, and something else. And they said, instead of just like a walkthrough, like it would have been previously, now it felt like it was a hard dungeon again. Like it felt yeah. like there was some some meat to it and not just blowing through mobs. Yeah. I haven't been able to hop online till uh, today will be the first day since the, the patch launched, but I played a little bit on the test servers to give feedback mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's rough. Like you get up into the twenties and thirties and there is a little bit more of that feeling of, I have to eat and drink. Like I need to go make sure I've got food because yeah. I'm, if I get too many, if I pull too many mobs, I'm done, which is completely different than, you know, what it was, what it feels like when you can basically blow through that content, no problem. And, and it, it feels trivial at that point. Yeah. And, and I, I just think that them doing that is, is them understanding a little bit of what we're talking about on the private servers with the, with the difficulty, mm-hmm. with it feeling like when you went out, there was a danger to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think they're trying to go back to that whole vanilla mindset. They just haven't gotten there yet. I think each expansion right. kind of brings them back around full circle. Um, so who, who knows? Maybe when, um, uh, Battle for Azeroth comes out, I'll, I'll, I'll join up, but, um, it, it depends on when Classic is launched. I, I have a feeling that the Classic is going to be launched probably three to four months after battle for Azeroth. And yeah, that's my guess too. And, and that's only cause they want to get that content out and they don't want it to be overshadowed by <laughs> a 15 year old game. Right. So. Right. Absolutely. And I do have to say part of the reason why I brought up the, the live servers is you, you were talking about nobody, a lot of people not liking burning crusade. Um, the, the 7.3.5 patch, mm-hmm. Um, made it so that you can go from level 60 right into Wrath of the Lich King. <laughs> so you don't have to do, because um, what they did is um, Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Lich King both go from 60 to 80. Okay. And um, and then the next one, what was after Wrath? Oh, Cataclysm, yeah, which people were uh, about, and uh, Mist of Pandaria, which everybody seems to like more. Um share the same levels. So they basically started taking it so that you can don't have to do the content that you don't want to do. Okay. And, and they're very aware of people's feelings of, um, Brood and crusade, because I don't remember exactly what the context was, but I was running a quest like last week. And, um, one of the characters I was interacting with, you know, one of the NPCs said something along the lines of, Oh, outlines. If I never have to go there again, it'll be too soon. And I'm like, okay, they get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they I, get it. I, I mean, you know, I, it, it seems like from everybody that I've talked to, cause I, I left in burning crusade. I was like, um, I, I can't like, 
I had a group of coworkers. We had like six people and we leveled up and we got into Burning Crusade content. And by the time we got almost to the point where we could raid together, um, I was like, I, I can't anymore. Like, like I've, I'm so invested in Azeroth, Azeroth proper that mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have any feelings towards this new world that I had to go through a portal to get to. Like I, I was, I was glad that wrath of Lich King took us back to Azeroth. And I, I have this feeling that a lot of people were like, why did we even go through the portal? Like it was an epic thing to happen. And the event right. and the event itself was epic, but I mean, come on, there was there was more things that they could have done. There was a there was a better story they could have told. Um mm-hmm. but I, I think they just had to somehow get Illidan out there as soon as possible. And uh that's why they did Burning Crusade, but Yeah. But uh, I, I definitely wanna see I definitely wanna see classic um and if if they've got to go forward if people are craving more content for classic i hope they do karazhan i hope they they bring in some more you know five-man dungeons maybe even 10-man raids um and and maybe don't make the the 40-man raids these huge you know multi-faceted um endeavors you know maybe you make them uh you know maybe you make them like anixia where you go in you fight a couple uh, easy mobs, and then boom, you're to the the boss, and then that's that's the end of that raid. Yeah, that's exactly what was, you were starting to talk about. I'm like, oh, Anexia, perfect, perfect example for something that's good content, but you don't have to spend years yeah. <laughs> trying to get through it in one haul. Yeah, you know, because I, I had someone ask me the other day, they were talking about it. Actually, I think it was at work, and somebody said, um, well, I can't make raiding tonight. So that means I'm going to miss out on like three or four bosses because after each boss, it, it saves your group to that, that area. So right. if he were to go back in, those bosses would be dead and he'd have, have no way to get to him. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, what if you missed two or three nights of raiding? And so you missed all these bosses when they could have broken them up into separate little raiding adventures and, that wouldn't have been a problem because then you wouldn't have been locked into that series of five or six bosses. You would have been locked into maybe one or two. Mm -hmm. And so the next night, if you weren't able to make it, you could just go with another group and still do those two bosses. Yeah. And I I think sometimes there, I I think there are ways to do that. Um, It's been so long since I've rated that it's, um, it's not, something that I'm terribly familiar about how the, where the mechanics are now, but I know they've been trying to kind of do stuff in wings. So that way you do, you know, if you miss a wing, it's fine. Cause you can pick it up on the next one. Or if your group locks out, but you haven't fought those, you can join another group. So I think there are ways to do it, but again, that means you have to go with a group of people that aren't your raid group. And yep. that's half the point. Yep. Yep. But Hey, but Hey, at least you're able to get into a raid in 10 seconds and not have to wait and not have to put any work behind it. That's true. <laughs> you know, good, good thing you don't have to talk to anybody. Cause that would be, that would be a downfall. <laughs> too much to handle too, too much, to too handle. much, too much. 
All right. Well, David, thank you for, for coming on the show and, and relieving my, my listeners of, of me having to interject wow news into my non wow podcast. I, I have a feeling um, you're still going to do that on occasion. It may happen. It may happen. That, that may be a weekly geekery thing, but, uh, but I, I definitely will try and pull back on the throttle and leave <laughs> most of that content to podcast of the whale. Um, do you have any shout outs for this week? I have a shout out. I like to say thanks to my underwear for always supporting me. The, the floor <laughs> for being there when I fall and my mother, because without me, without what she calls the accident, I wouldn't even be here talking to you. So, you know, thanks. Uh, thanks underwear floor and mom. I love you guys. Love all of you. Three, three strong, three strong shout outs. Love, <laughs> love it. Um, I just want to, I want to uh, actually do a general shout out to all the listeners of the geek to geek network. Uh, a lot more people are, are getting onto the Slack channel and uh, hanging out with us. And I think it's, it's just great that this community is starting to build. So if you haven't joined in, please do so. Please, you know, contact one of uh, the podcasters on the, the uh, network and we will be happy to get you an invite and get you in and set up because you know it's it's something to do when we're supposed to be working and we'd much rather talk to you than do our actual work uh, <laughs> uh coming up next week same thing guys we're I'm, I'm going to week to week here i've got some great guests lined up but we're we're tr- still trying to get the schedule going um but but stick with us and we'll hopefully have somebody with a lot of fun next week all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek podcast, runningshoes.tv, the comic box, and Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. And make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast. You can currently find us at geek2do.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geek2do.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geek2do or me personally at Epic Grays. David, where can we find you? I am at the Titarian on Twitter. Uh, you can email me titarian at peacekeepers.online and you can see me uh, on the website at peacekeepers.online. Awesome. Thank you so much again for, for joining us today. I, I have a feeling you and I are going to be talking a lot more as we get closer and closer to, uh, to World of Warcraft Classic launching. And uh, thank you so much for, for uh, talking to me today. Hey, I appreciate being invited. I look forward awesome. to more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for all of you out there listening, remember this week, keep it geek. The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to... Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. Who was that? (sighs) Titan, no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something! A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us.
theme song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your Mama Wolf, Stacia Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brennan Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci-fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. Spoilers. <laughs> so join us here at the Geek Wolfpack Podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out.